It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I just point to the logo on my chest and tell them, Slammy, A-Go. Slammy, A-Go. Slammy, What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 384 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here on April 16th, 2023. The San Diego Padres, they obviously just dropped three out of four to the Milwaukee Brewers. A disappointing series, an up and down series offensively, and we're going to get into all of that. I already talked about the first two games of this series, but I can briefly go over them again. And then we'll get more deeply into games three and four. Get to your comments, obviously. If you want to make sure I get to one of your comments, you want to make sure I get to one of your questions, you can use that super chat button uh, in the link or in the description on YouTube. In, well, actually, in the comments here live on YouTube, there's that link. You click that link if you want to join the show and talk to me. If you have a question, you can click that link there. Uh, again, that's if you want to be on the show here. Um, down in the description on YouTube or on the podcast description, there's the Breaking Tea link where you can go get great Padres gear, Aztecs, Wave. Uh, you can use that link, the Underdog Fantasy link. Click that link, deposit however much money up to $100, and Underdog will match that. So if you deposit 10, you'll get 20 in your account uh, to go put picks in higher lower best ball tournaments on major league baseball nba the playoffs are going on right now there's a lot of different sports there you can use my code C, uh, excuse me at seatgeek code talking friars for $20 off your seatgeek ticket your next ticket orders or if you're going to go to one of the padres braves games this coming upcoming series you're going to go to padres Diamondbacks on Thursday in Arizona for Fernando Tatis Jr's return to official major league baseball you can Definitely use that code uh, to get a little bit of a discount there. And then check out Gaglione Bros, obviously. Friars Road is their main location, and they're also at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium. So with all that said, let's get into this series. Hopefully everyone is doing as well as you could be after the Padres lost 3 out of 4 to the Milwaukee Brewers. You know, going into this series, I, I thought that this was a really good chance for the Padres to not lose 3 out of 4, take 3 out of four 
in this series. The considering the Milwaukee Brewers, they had not they were not going to pitch Corbin Burns. They were not going to pitch Brandon Woodruff. Woodruff is already on the injured list. He's probably going to go on the 60-day IL. I just did a video on that today, actually, on my MLB YouTube channel, Baseball Struck. I encourage you to check that out. Um, Corbin Burns, he already pitched, I believe, the series before in Arizona. He pitched well, but the Padres were not facing either of their best starting pitchers. So I was like, all right, this is a good chance here. Darvish on the mound in one of the games. The offense, hopefully they're turning it around. We saw some encouraging signs in Atlanta. Um, yeah, they lost that New York series, but they were coming back home. Hey, let, let's see if the guys can turn it around, maybe have some more consistent offense. And that's just not what we saw in this series. It just was not the case. You go back to Thursday's game, they lose 4-3. to three, Couldn't get a whole lot going offensively. Grish had that big two-run home, two home run that tied the game, but... If he hadn't hit that, the Padres would have just lost in regulation, and it would have been kind of like today's loss, just kind of doing nothing offensively. You move to Friday, and they get their doors blown off of them. Michael Walker sucked on the mound, and the offense was playing from behind the whole time there, and they scored one run late, uh, which didn't really matter. The Camposano home run, which was the first run of that game, that was pretty much worthless. I know, I mean, it was an encouraging sign, didn't know that at the time Camposano was playing with a jammed thumb. Both of those runs were worthless. The game was over after probably the first inning and a half, right? That, that's just how bad Waka was pitching. Uh, then Saturday is a, a big up, right, on the roller coaster. There's downs, there's ups. That was an up. Padres scored 10 runs. They scored 10 runs against the Braves in that series. They scored 10 runs in a game here against the Brewers, but then they followed up today with no runs, a zero-run performance getting shut out by Wade Miley and the Milwaukee Brewers. That is not a guy that you should probably be getting shut out by. I know he had the no-hitter a couple years ago, but this he's not a high-velocity guy. And when you just hear the name Wade Miley, it's like, this guy's past his prime. Like, why are we getting shut out by Wade Miley? And they had their chances but also there was a lot of one, two, three innings. There was like four or five, one, two, three innings for the Padres in this game. And that just can't happen. I know Devin Williams is nasty, but I'm talking about Wade Miley. I'm talking about pit, the pitchers before that. You know, we, we can start with some of the missed chances, right? The first two innings in this game, we're, we're going to hit on Sunday's game here. We'll hit on Saturday's game here in a moment. First inning, Bogart singles. He's gotten on base in every single game. Talking about holding up his end of the bargain, well, that's what he is doing. Manny gets on with a single. Now you got first and second, first and third, excuse me. No outs. Soto strikes out looking. Cruz strikes out swinging. And then Crony lines out, flies out sort of to left field, Christian Yelich. Um, I thought that was a pretty good swing that Crony put on that, at least from my seats where I was looking. It's the two strikeouts before that. You can't be striking out in that spot. Missed opportunity there. Go to the second inning. This is after the Brewers already put one run on the board, the only run in the game, and we'll definitely get to that run and how that scored and what the heck happened there. Uh, bottom second, Nola, he doubles. I mean, credit to Austin Nola today. I know that the Padres fan base, most of them, the majority of the Padres fan base, including myself, has not been very... Uh, high on Austin Nola this year because he hasn't really done anything at the plate. And I know Soto hasn't done 
very much at the plate either, but those are two different players. Like Soto has the long track record of being one of the best hitters in baseball, and Nola just can't really throw anyone out. I know some of it's on the pitchers. Can't really throw anyone out. Can't hit right now. I mean, we're seeing better signs today, so yeah, props to him. But just before this, entering today, hadn't really done anything. So the criticism was definitely warranted. But he hits a double. Wild pitch, gets Nola to third. And then two more strikeouts. Just like there were two strikeouts in the first inning, there were two strikeouts in the second inning. Grish strikes out swinging. Azokar struck out swinging. And that's two opportunities there with a runner on third, less than two outs in both instances. And he couldn't bring across a run with you, Darvish, on the mound. Like Darvish, he was good today. Gave up just four hits, one run only, struck out 12. Made it through seven innings a day after four relievers were used in the bullpen. Like, this was a big day for Darvish, an important day to kind of try to reset the bullpen going into this Atlanta Braves series and then going into, I mean, it's a full week of baseball, the Diamondback series as well, because they don't have an off day between that. Three game series against the Braves, then Nando returns on Thursday, four games against the Diamondbacks in Arizona. So, resetting the, the bullpen, I think, was big today. I mean, Hader got on the mound, he looked good. Offense just did not come through, and I feel like I've said that a lot already so far this season. Look, it's early. I'm going to continue saying that probably through like 40 games in the season. I think that's a pretty good spot to say that because that's what, a quarter of the season? That's still early. So, yeah, it is early, 8-9. and nine. It's not the end of the world, but just as a fan, right, we just want to see more consistency from this Padres offense, and we're just not seeing that right now. And it is disappointing. There's going to be some times where the pitching staff doesn't hold up their end, right? Michael Walker the other night, he was terrible. Felt like the game is over right when he, you know, a, a few batters into the game, right? Because the offense was working, working from behind. The offense hadn't really done much anyway. But for the most part this year, the starting pitching has held up their end of the bargain. Some guys in the bullpen have held up their end. But the offense just has not been consistent. You look at these four games in this Milwaukee Padres series. Three runs on Thursday, two runs on Friday, then 10 runs on Saturday, back to no runs today. So not a lot of runs, not a lot of runs, a ton of runs and no runs. That's not, that's not consistency, All right? You could, you could say, well, no, that is consistency, Ben, like not scoring enough runs. You, you consistently not scored enough runs in this series, three out of the four games. But I'm talking about, obviously, the offense consistently performing up to our expectations, or at least performing up closer to our expectations. I know our expectations going into this year were really high. Um, and maybe some had unrealistic expectations, especially with Fernando out. But we're fit. look, this, this team, it's the most anticipated Padres season ever. So we're going to have high expectations. The Padres have... The players in there, they have high expectations for themselves, and they're just not living up to it. So if you want to rant, you want to bring a super chat in and rant, and I'll definitely talk about it and give my thoughts on it, feel free. Because, um, yeah, I, I was not expecting the Padres to be under 500 at this moment in time, being 8 and 9. Uh, but it is still early in the season. But with that said, obviously, a disappointing performance today. Let's get to that one run that, Mal that Milwaukee scored in the top of the second here. So Darvish obviously on the mound. Garrett Mitchell, he singles. 
And then there was a disengagement violation. Brian Brian Anderson was at the plate, and Garrett Mitchell advanced second on that violation. Then Garrett Mitchell stole third. Then he scored on the sack fly by Anderson. That was the Brewers' only run of the game. Darvish pitched really well. And so what happened with that disengagement? I was sitting at the ballpark, so I, I didn't really totally understand what was going on in that spot because the umpires don't communicate to the fans what's happening. We don't have Don and Mud in our ears or Tony and Jess. I mean, some fans do, but I, I don't. I, I'm just watching the game. So I, I didn't really understand what was going on there. I thought it was a balk. I didn't know that it was a the disengagement rule. So I guess Darvish... Bob Melvin said after the game that Darvish already had two disengagements in that inning because he had, he stepped off quick, then stepped back on, didn't know if that counted as a disengagement or not. I don't know what was going on there. But there were two disengagements. Then he tried to throw over. You can't do that because, he, well, you can, but you have to throw him out. He didn't throw Brian Anderson out. So it was just a balk. It's, 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 it's a balk, right? Disengagement violation is what I guess it goes under in the rule book. Runner goes to second. And Darvish, we know he's not great at controlling the run game. I thought he was okay. I thought he was working pretty good to the plate today. I I think he had a little bit more urgency to the plate. But Garrett Mitchell still stole third. He knows Nola's behind the plate. Not Probably not going to throw him out. So he takes third, sack fly, and that brings in a run. That's something the Padres just didn't do today, right? First and second inning, like I just went over, they had runners on third base and couldn't bring them in. Strikeout, strikeouts, strikeout, strikeouts. Couldn't lift the ball to the outfield for a flyout and get a run in. They just didn't do that. We go to the ninth inning, first and second with two outs. Nola walked after almost tying the game up at least. Maybe the Padres could have won that game there. I, th- I think they could have. Hassan Kim, he had a single in that ninth. Prop to him, props to him. He had a pretty good game today. What was his final box score? Let me see here. Kim, two for four. Pretty good today. Most hits by anyone on the Padres today. Bogarts went one for four. Manny went one for four. Nola went one for three. And Nola, that was a double earlier in the game that he had. If he, if that would have stayed fair, or if he would have had that double in the ninth instead of the one that just went foul in the ninth, that game would have been tied. That ball that he hit down the line, it was within feet of staying fair, and that was going to go all the way to the wall, to the corner there, and I think Kim would have scored. He would have had a good opportunity of scoring there because there was two outs in the inning, so he's going on contact. It's not one of those where you're waiting to see if it gets down or anything like that. He's going on contact. So I I think he would have scored. Padres would have won that game. And maybe we're saying our our tune's a little bit different today. But at the same time, it would have only been a 2-1 win. I mean, you take all the wins you can get, but it's not like they would have scored five runs in the game. And we're we're like, okay, back-to-back games with at least five runs. It would have been just 2-1. But it still would have been a win, right? A split is much better than losing three out of four, definitely. To a team that you probably think you could have at least split this series. And I I thought going in that they could have took three out of four in this series. Um, So, yeah, that was disappointing that that ball went foul. But Nola, credit to him, he worked the walk. Then Trent comes up. And I was thinking in my mind, but Nola up at the plate, 
because I didn't have a whole lot of confidence in Nola up at the plate at that time with two outs. Like, is he going to come through? I, I just didn't know. I thought he was going to strike out. He was going to pop up. So credit to him for getting on base there. Now, I was thinking during, like I just said, before that Nola, maybe it was before or was during the Nola at-bat, I was thinking to myself, all right, let's just get it to Grish. Grish is the one with the power potential. He's the one that can hit a gap, you know, hit the walk-off home run, something. Nola, you just don't really have a whole lot of faith in. Maybe some do, but I think they're in the minority right now among Padres fans, right? Just don't have a whole lot of faith that he's going to come through. But he got on base, and Grish is the one that ended up not coming through there. You can't be looking at that pitch. I don't know if he was looking for fat, or excuse me, not for fastball, obviously, right? Because I think that was the fastball. I don't know if he was looking for a breaking ball, one of Williams' amazing changeups. My goodness. I Whenever he threw a pitch, swing and miss, I looked at the Petco Park scoreboard to see what pitch it was. Changeup. Gosh, that I, I probably have to go back and watch that. Like those pitchers are nasty. Must have been nasty because he was getting a lot of swings and misses from those pitches. Uh, he must have been looking for that because he, I think it was, I believe it was a fastball. And I put the screenshot up on Twitter at Talking Friars because initially, because I'm sitting at the game, I thought that pitch was high. I didn't know that it was almost right down the middle, but it was definitely a strike. Three two count, bases loaded, two outs. Like, what an amazing situation. What a chance to come through there. He doesn't come through. It's 94 fastball. It was high in the zone, but it was in the zone. Almost down the middle. Strike three. You can't be striking out looking in that spot. Just can't. And so again, strikeouts. Like that was, uh, that was a big story today, I think. When there was a runner on third, striking out multiple times in an inning to strand that runner. When there was bases loaded here in the ninth there with Grisham striking out. You know, it, it's putting the ball in place. Something can happen. Anything can happen, right? But when you strike out like that, obviously, you're not even making the defense make a play. Go to that. I, I know Devin Williams is amazing. So I'm, I'm sitting here like, well, it's easy for me to say and because I'm not the one facing Devin Williams. I know Devin Williams is nasty, but you still got to swing the bat, I think. You can't be sitting there watching strike three to end the game. Uh, Nelson Cruz, by the way, first out in that inning after the Soto walk. He struck out looking. Then Crony struck out swinging. I'd rather have him strike out swinging than strike out looking like Grisham and uh, Nelson Cruz did. Was Nelson Cruz's third strike, was that a strike? I don't know. I, I Obviously, I was not watching it on television, so I don't know if that was actually a strike. But again, this series, it was disappointing. I'm going to get to the chat. Don't worry. Uh, Saturday's game, Padres blew out the Brewers. I, I don't think, but here's the thing, like, Today, we're not going to be talking about the Padres' win yesterday. I don't think that much. We're not going to be talking about the Padres' blowout win yesterday as much as we're going to talk about the struggles of this offense and the return of Fernando. Maybe this will really help the offense out. I think it's going to help, but look, like I said on my post-game thoughts after the game, it's not. this is not just a one-man band. You know, Tatis, he's going to be a great energy guy right he's going to energize this team i think and there's going to be a lot more eyeballs on the padres i think now when tatis comes back right that's going to be the headline of the week 
the main story is Fernando's return in Arizona. Maybe that gets the Padres going, but Soto has to be better offensively. I like that he's still getting on base, right? I tweeted out that stat earlier this morning. He's hitting under 200, but he's like fourth on the team in on-base percentage. He leads the league in walks. He had at least one walk today. Like, I like that he's still finding a way to get on base and kind of help this team when he's just not getting hits. But he's going to have to get hits. Like, he's the three-hitter on this team, the two-hitter on this team at some times. You know, like, he has to perform better more consistently at the plate. But like I've said, I think he will. I think Crony will come around. We saw yesterday his performance on Saturday. Six runs driven in, two bombs. One was the go-ahead home run to make it 5-3. Another gave the Padres insurance, right? Manny's hit some balls hard, but they all have to be more consistent, except like Xander Bogarts. Like, he's the one that's on fire, and I don't think he's going to be hitting at this rate. He's not going to get on base every game of the season. So other guys are going to have to, Fill that when Bogarts does kind of come back a little bit down to earth. He's a great player, great shortstops, one of the best hitters in baseball, I think, one of the best shortstops in baseball. But he's not going to do this all year long. So Soto, Manny, Crony, when Tatis comes back, he's going to have to perform as well. I know he's he just dominated AAA, and we'll get to that here uh, a little bit later. But he's going to have to perform as well. Like the big guys on this team, they're going to have to perform. Um, I'm seeing some encouraging things from Ha-Sung Kim. I'm seeing some encouraging things from Grish, but the striking out looking, it hasn't been as bad this year, but today it definitely hurt the Padres. Nelson Cruz, him striking out looking today, that hurt. Losing three out of four to a team that you didn't have to face Corbin Burns, you didn't have to face Brandon Woodruff. It feels like a, a missed opportunity to at least split the series, you know? And now you're you're welcoming a tough Braves team in. I know the Padres won that series in Atlanta, but you think the Braves are just going to lay over and allow the Padres to take two out of three easily or sweep the Braves in this series? No. No, they're not. Um, I mean, if we want to hit on yesterday's game a little bit, I'll get to the chat here in a moment. So Padres, they win 10-3 yesterday. It looked like deja vu all over again compared to Friday, right? Because Friday... There were a bunch of those extra base hits in the first inning, and a couple extra base hits led off the game yesterday for the Brewers. They took a 2-0 lead early. Padres came back with two runs in the first, added a run in the second. Brewers tied it up in the fourth. And then in the fifth, two runs for the Padres, three in the seventh, two in the eighth. Twelve. Both teams had 12 hits, but the Padres, they came in with the bigger hits. Crony had a couple home runs. Um... And the Brewers, they they didn't hit any home runs in yesterday in uh yeah in Saturday's game, right? They went two for twelve with runners in scoring position. That's what the Padres have been doing. You know what they do? One for ten on Friday night, I think, in that blowout loss to the Brewers. So they pulled the Padres yesterday, and the Padres they took advantage of some wildness, some bad pitches in the middle of the zone. And I'm happy that Crony, you know, coming off that day off on Friday, he didn't want it, right? He wants to play every game. He wants to play 162. But it was kind of like a needed day off. He found something. He was going to, I saw this quote. I love this quote in the Union Tribune. He, he was telling the media yesterday after he went three for four with those six runs driven in. Uh, 
he said his mentality, I guess, going into yesterday's game, coming off the off day, was F it. Just go and compete your ass off. So I like that. Like sometimes might not feel great at the plate, but just go compete. You know, don't give up. Don't go striking out looking. Battle up there. I know I'm using the Tingler B word, but go battle up there. And that's what Crony did. And he's going to continue to do that. Like he's not someone that when he's slumping, it doesn't feel like he have he has bad at bats. He just doesn't have hits and maybe he strikes out a little bit more but there's they still feel like competitive at bats where some guys when they're slumping they're just not competitive at bats you're going to strike out you strike out on like three pitches and some aren't competitive some you're swinging at balls that aren't even close to the zone or you're watching balls right down the middle it doesn't feel like crony does that when he slumps or if he does do it like strike out looking he had he probably had a competitive at bat you know, leading up to the strikeout, right? Lugo yesterday was not his best, but I'm not at the point where I'm worried about Lugo. This is coming off of two good outings, um, three and two-thirds innings. So didn't get through four, and he had how many pitches? 93 pitches. Gave up three earned runs. Bases loaded that he had there, those three singles, and he hit a batter to bring a run in, and Bomo had to take him out. Props to the bullpen. Um, I said four different lever- relievers yesterday. Sorry, five. Five relievers used yesterday. I forgot about Tapia because he got sent down before today's game. Um, Kinnear got brought up. Wilson, inning and a third, no runs. Honeywell, an inning, no runs. Luis Garcia, inning, no runs. Tim Hill, an inning, no runs. Tapia, an inning, no runs. That was big because uh, there, ha- there have been some disappointing performances from the bullpen this year. And they, they, they just needed it, period, yesterday after Lugo didn't have his best outing. You know, they needed the bullpen to come through because um, it wasn't a guarantee that the offense was going to go score 10 runs, right? You know that that was going to happen. By the way, Annie had that really hard-hit liner off of the pitcher yesterday. And pitcher is fine. The equities were negative. Uh, it it looks scary watching that. Took it off chin, I believe. He said it hit arm more than his chin, but it was definitely nasty. Um, so definitely glad that Gus Harlan, that's his name, he is fine. I guess he told Milwaukee media after the game yesterday, don't hang your sliders middle middle. Lesson learned. Because uh, he threw his, he got hit, was on the ground, glove came off, got up immediately. Trainer came out and. Domus was kind of holding him up, and then Verland, then he agreed to kind of kneel down on the mound. He exited the game. The x-rays were negative, so it seemed like everything's good there. Hopefully my internet's working right now. Um, it says that I'm at, like, one bar. One place on my screen says that, then another place says my Wi-Fi is good. So I have no idea what's going on. Uh, but hopefully you can hear me, and I'm not cutting in and out. If I am, I apologize. I can't do anything about it right now, to be honest. All right. So those are kind of my thoughts on the last two games of this series. Disappointing. The offense needs to be more consistent. The third game this is yesterday, that was great. Scoring 10 runs, great. But kind of like that Atlanta game, right? They scored 10 runs against the Braves, or I should say, like the game after the Atlanta series finale. They scored 10 runs. Next game, 
internet shop. Sorry, Joseph. I don't know what to do. Uh, the next game, right, they get shut out by the Mets. Here, they score 10 runs, and they get shut out again. That can't happen for a team like the Padres that wants to go win the division. They're one of the best teams in baseball on paper. Like, the offense got to be more consistent, you know? It's early, and I'm going to continue saying that because it's the truth. Maybe some want me to just rip this team the whole time. I'm not going to totally do that because it is early, and I believe in this talent. If the Padres, I will say this, if the Padres want to get where they want to be, they obviously just, they, they got to be more consistent. They, they got to find a way to play a little bit better situational baseball, you know? That's, that's what I would say. Not striking out looking with the guy on third, finding a way to put a ball in play, making the defense not allow runs instead of just having the pitcher beat you, you know? All right, quick break. Check out Gaglione Bros' famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. All right. Just looking at social media to see if there's anything else. Um, Joe Musgrove, by the way, he had – here's a Musgrove update. He threw a bullpen on Friday at Petco in front of Bowmel, in front of Ruben Niebla. Maybe Preller was there. I don't know. But I know those two were there. And I guess that went well because he had a rehab outing today for the Lake Elsinore Storm. And I was surprised to see him only go five innings, gave up four earned runs, got hit around a bit, six hits but he did not walk anyone. And that, that's good because remember the outing that he had, I believe in Sacramento for El Paso, he hit a few guys. That's where he kind of had that shoulder issue where he went, he, he threw the ball the first on a weird angle. It was like a quick play that his just, that's just his instincts that took over and kind of hurt his shoulder a little bit, kind of delayed his, his progress to returning. Um, he was a little rusty in that outing. But today, yeah, he may have gotten hurt around, but he was in the zone. Struck out eight. I was surprised to see he only had 69 pitches, but according to Jeff Sanders, Musgrove says that he's good to go. So that is great news. I believe Jeff Sanders just put an article out right now on Musgrove's outing for the Lake Elsinore Storm. Let's see what it says here. Um. I guess he was scheduled. So I'm seeing this from Jeff Sanders in the Union Tribune. Musgrove was scheduled to have a five-inning rehab start. It was supposed to be five innings, but he worked into the six because of how quick he was working. So I guess it was much better than the line looks. The sixth inning is where he kind of got hit around. Um, the 30-year-old right-hander believes he checked off on a final box before finally joining the Padres rotation. Looks like he's, he's going to join... The Padres rotation sometime this weekend. If he's going to go on the every fifth day schedule, then he would be he would be starting Friday's game. So Tatis returns Thursday the twentieth. Musgrove returns Friday the twenty first. If again, if that's on an every fifth day schedule, Musgrove says I'm ready to go. I feel like I would have been ready to go had I not injured my shoulder in my last start. This was a pin, and I feel like with where my stuff was and how I felt later in the game. I feel ready to go. So that's good. I always try to look at positives and I try to find silver linings. And I think I took advantage of that time. Dan Musgrove said, I got my core in a really good place, really worked on the shoulder. 
did a lot of foot stuff with the toe. I feel like I made a lot of big strides while I was down. Obviously, I want to be playing. I want to be contributing. There's no worse feeling than sitting on the sideline and not being able to help. Frustrating, but I feel like I took advantage of the time I had the extra reps. So that's good. Um, Musgrove says he felt good. I think I can help the team win. Yeah, I think he can too. No disrespect to Ryan Weathers, but I think I'd rather have Joe Musgrove starting than him. I don't think that's just me. All right, let's get to the comments here. I'm going to get to Tatis, don't worry. I will definitely get to a Tatis update and some more San Diego sports talk at the end. Again, I, I, I know I see in the chat my internet's a little in and out. I'm sorry. I can't do anything about it right now. Um, Ari says, I'm not concerned, but I'm pretty sure when we had a better record starting out last year with the roster we had last year. Um, that's a good question. I can actually look that up. I'm going to look that up. What was the Padres? Um, what was the Padres record? The first what? 15 games? 16 games? No, 17 games, right? We're 17 in? 8 and 9 right now. Uh, 8, or excuse me, 9 game. No, 17. What am I thinking? Yeah, 17 games in, they were... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. They were ten and eight, looks like. Yeah. So yeah, we did we got off to a better start. That was when Shanaya was in the rotation. Um, I'm just trying to look up uh, Austin Adams. Remember, he was getting some wins for the Padres because he he was start he was on the roster still early in the season. Musgrove obviously was healthy. Mackenzie Gore was there. So, yeah, they did get off to a better start last year. But it is early in the year. There's been, been plenty of teams that found to have late-season success, postseason success that got off two slow starts. So I'm not worried right now. It's just frustrating. Devin says, what a bummer series. I was expecting at least a split or three, three to four win series. Our bats have stroked. An unlucky charm from the serial lucky charms. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm not saying the bats are unlucky. I think some sometimes it's unlucky. Like, who was it today that... It was Crony, I think. There was a good play by Yelich. There was a diving stop by... I think it was Adamas. Or maybe it was Rousseau. And then there was another good play as well, I think. So Crony was a little unlucky today. Nola, you could say, maybe was a little unlucky with the ball in the ninth inning. That went just foul. But, you know, strikeouts, that's not being unlucky. That's just guys not swinging the bat. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. 
As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Vince says the last pitch of Grisham was down the middle. His mindset was probably getting a walk, not getting a hit. I, I don't know about that. I know it was 3-2, but his mindset there has to be I'm swinging, I'm swinging, I'm swinging, I'm swinging, I'm swinging, not swinging. Like, right at the last moment when it's going to be a ball. Like, he has to have the mindset, I'm swinging. So, that pitch right there, I don't, if you have the mindset, swing, 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 you're swinging there because the pitch, it's in the strike zone. It, it's, it wasn't like it was borderline. I thought it was from my seats, but obviously I didn't have a great view of it. I, I wasn't, I didn't have the TV view of it. So, yeah, that's a pitch he has to swing at. And I think he would say that as well. Yep, I agree, J.D.'s third. The bases loaded ninth inning was brutal to watch. That was like the longest inning. I mean, this game, it, it, it flew by fast. There were, what, two hours that went by, eight innings? It was quick because both guys, there were a lot of three up, three down innings in this game. Devin says, Darvish was amazing. Such a shame the offense was dead on arrival. Too many times the batters went out on three to five pitches. Can't happen. Miley could have finished the game if it wasn't a one-run game. Yeah. Well, I don't think the Brewers were going to have Miley go over 100 pitches this early in the year when he's a veteran. It's not like he's a young guy. Uh, I know Cole went over that with the Yankees today, but he was, like, dominating. Um, Ten strikeouts against the Twins. Twins are off their pretty good start as well. That was a good pitch matchup. Pablo Lopez and Garrett Cole, or at least it was supposed to be. I wasn't watching that game, but that looked like a good pitching matchup. Um, I don't think Miley would have finished it, but I get your point. Like he was pitching really well. He he was it felt like at times he was cruising. Iris says, Me personally, I would consider I would seriously consider flipping Soto if he has a bad year this year. I don't even want to get into that talk because He's, I don't think he's going to have a bad year. And I, I just think it's too early to get into that conversation, to be honest. Like, Juan Soto, he's one of the best hitters on the planet. So even if he does have a down year, I don't see Padres, like, you know, shopping him. Teams will probably ask about him, but I don't see Padres shopping Soto. It's Juan Soto. Potters, they're trying to go all in and win these next couple of years with Soto on the team. That's why you're seeing them make all these moves. All the moves they made in the offseason, right? Like they're trying to build around the core of Man and Crony and Musgrove and Patisse and Bogarts, right? With Soto on the team still. You know, they're going all in. They're not going to trade away from one of the big guys on the team. 
Matt says, Soto is absolutely dreadful. Tell me again about this generational talent. I mean, he is one. We just haven't seen it consistently with the Padres. So, like I said, I think it was on my previous show after the first two games. I think it was yesterday after the first two games of this series. I was saying something like, if you are a Padres fan and you did not watch Juan Soto when he was not on the Padres, if you didn't watch him at all with the Nationals and you're only, you have only watched him with the Padres, then I understand your frustration. But if you're a baseball fan and you watch Juan Soto with the Nationals, you know how great of a player he is. So you're probably not freaking out as much as the people that have not watched any Juan Soto besides Padres games. You know, that, that's kind of how I feel about people's opinions on Juan Soto right now. We're 17 games into this season. Again, 40 games, then I think we can really start talking. Preston talking about today, or today? Was it today or? I don't know about. Uh, Preston says, we lost the game in the first inning, Ben. First, yeah, so I think he's talking about today's game. First and third, no outs. Soto cannot get the job done. Yeah, it was disappointing. Him striking out in that spot, can't do it. It was looking, right? He took a huge hack. I think the first two strikes were pitches that were high. Those pitches don't, didn't look like strikes. Those just aren't pitches that Juan Soto usually swings at. So maybe he's trying to do a little bit too much right now, especially in that at-bat, and then he struck out looking. Brent says, people ripping Soto to shreds, but he still has a higher on-base percentage, higher slug, and higher OPS than Manny. I'm going to take you by your word. If those are all true, I mean, look, Soto, he's finding ways to still get on base and help this team despite him not getting hits and not producing, you know, batting average-wise and slugging-wise and all that, right? He's not producing that way, but he's still trying to find, to find ways to help this Padres team when it's not going right at the plate. And that's what makes him valuable. Imagine what he's going to do when he does get on. When he does get hot, because he's going to. Those that want to sit here and say that he's not going to and he sucks, well, I just don't know what to tell you. Brent says, not saying Soto doesn't deserve the criticism, but let's be honest, outside of X, Xander, everyone has been below average, pretty much. I mean, Cruz has been good, but yeah, I, I definitely get your point. Matt says, okay, I'll change from a Soto rant to Nola. Grisham, Carpenter. I mean, Grisham, the batting average doesn't look, but I'm still staying encouraging there. Carpenter is one where it's like, yeah, he's kind of got to get it going as well. Yeah. Um, slow start there. I think today he had a pinch hit appearance, and it was first pitch that he swung at, and it was a weak ground ball. Yeah, that was not great. I agree with you there. Carp's got to be better. Soto's got to be better. Ola's got to be better. And Christian probably has to be a little bit better. Yeah, I know. Um, I still think it's too early to get a whole lot of conclusions and opinions on Matt Carpenter right now, too, because we just haven't seen a whole lot of him either, right? 
He had a great year with the Yankees last year when he was healthy. This year, uh, slow start. We haven't seen a whole lot of him. So I don't know if this this is this is who he really is. And last year just kind of was a fluke. I, I tend to believe it wasn't because he's still doing the same stuff this year that what he he was doing last year, like the same thing. So I tend to believe that it's just a slow start. But time will tell on that, right? Uh, Iris says, Trent needs to step it up. I don't want him hitting 20 home runs this year. That means he's waiting on certain pitches. Make contact with the ball. Use your speed. Get on base. Well, I think he hit at least 20 home runs this year. I predicted that before the season started. And I think he's on a good start to that. What does he have, like three home runs right now? It's a pretty good start. Uh, I get your point. Like, use your speed, get on base. He's still, it's not like he's trying to hit a home run every time. It's not like he's going to sit, he's sitting there and only waiting for home run pitches. I I think he needs to swing the bat more um, a little bit. But I think he has done that to start the year. Today, yeah, that, that was really disappointing to see there at the end. Um, and anyone who strikes out looking in those situations, it sucks. Sucks to watch as a, as a fan of that team, right? But I think he is striking out less than he did last year, especially striking out looking. I At least the games that I've seen, the games on TV where I'm seeing the strike zone and all that, it feels like on the balls that he should be swinging at, he's swinging at more of them. I should say the pitches, his balls, I don't want him swinging at balls. The pitches that he should be swinging at, I, I think that he's swinging at more of those so far. So I like what I'm seeing so far from Grish. A little bit, it's got to be a little bit better. I can agree with you on that. Joseph says you can't have you throw seven innings, one run ball, and fail to score a single run with the third highest payroll. Yeah, look, it, it's that's not a good look. I understand. And props to the bullpen for uh, having a, another good day today after a good day yesterday. I know there wasn't five relievers used today. There was only a couple. But Hader looked good. Wilson didn't give up any runs, right? Like, that was good. Um, and you, he did his job. You did his job. One run. In the offense, they had their chances. They had runner on third, first, and second inning. Less than two outs, couldn't come through. And then in the ninth inning there, a ball was a few feet from Nola coming through, tying the game, uh, and maybe winning the game there. And I think we would still be sitting here having the conversation of this offense needs to be more consistent. They should be scoring more runs than what they are. But we'd be happier, right? Because the Padres would have at least split this four-game set instead of losing three out of four in this series. Brent says, would have rather kept Bell or Drury than get Carpenter. Well, look, I, I, that's too early. We're 15 games in, and you're already saying that. I think we have to be a little bit more patient with that right now. Yeah, I agree. I agree with this one. Michael Walker on Friday night, he was just hanging pitches. Who has speed on this team that can actually get on base? Matt, with a question there. Grisham, Azokar, Soto, Manny Cruz, Carpenter, Nola can't run. Uh, I kind of disagree with Manny. Um, Manny actually, he's been working on his speed. He's 
I think he's actually gotten a little bit faster. He can run. He just picks his spots because he wants to be healthy the whole season. Uh, but I'd say Grish, Azokar, Tatis when he comes back. I think Crony's pretty fast. I'm not expecting him to go steal 30 bases, but I'd include him there. Um, trying to think of some other guys. Kim, is Kim fast? I'd say Kim's pretty good. But yeah, I mean, you're bringing up, like, you brought up Matt Carpenter Nelson Cruz. I mean, Carpenter's, what, 37? Nelson Cruz is 42? Nola's a catcher? Yeah, of, of course. Like, that's kind of Captain Obvious. Yeah, they're not going to have speed. Matt says, the play by Yelich on Crony was a generic left-field play. You're just used to watching Soto. Maybe. Maybe. From my angle... It looked like Yelich covered some serious ground on that play. And the ball was hooking down the line, and Yelich got there. I think he got under there plenty of time. Oop, my phone just dropped. Looked like he got there with plenty of time, but he did have to cover some serious ground. Yeah, I saw that. I read uh, Myers, El Gallo. Two bombs yesterday, five runs driven in, and one of them was, was off of that's um, former Audrey. Uh, Audrey says we have a right to be so with so he has become the newer Cosmer since being here. Ground ball gremlin that runs in ball every now and then. I, I disagree. I disagree. It'll get on this more does. He does more things to help the Pies win than Aaron Cosmer did. I understand ground outs; those are frustrating, but. I just don't agree with us totally comparing Juan Soto and Eric Cosmer, you know, saying Soto's the new Eric Cosmer. The only way that you say that is because, oh, he's a lefty and he grounds out sometimes. And it feels like he's grounded out more this year than probably last year, right? But again, it's 15 games. So we're remembering these 15 games instead of the 60-plus games Soto played with us, you know? Try to make that comparison in another month. I don't think you will be able to. Vince asks, what do you think about the cruise strike three? I couldn't tell because I was watching it on ESPN. It looked like a ball, but I didn't know. I don't know if that was a ball. Uh, I Again, I don't like guys striking out looking. Especially in those spots like that, you can't be striking out looking. If it's a bad call and it wasn't a strike, then someone let me know and then I'm fine because why should you be swinging if it's not a strike? But if it was a strike like the Grisham one was, I have a problem with that. Sorry, I just had to get my phone real quick. Pedro says, any progress of the angry meter? Just tuned in, didn't even watch the past two games because I was so frustrated. So you watched the Friday night blowout, didn't watch the blowout the Padres had over the Brewers yesterday and didn't watch today. Yeah. I mean, look, I was encouraged, obviously, yesterday by the offensive performance, Pedro. But then today, when Darvish pitches well, the bullpen pitches well, and you just don't do anything, yeah, it's, it's frustrating. Um, yeah, I, I was definitely disappointed after today, but I'm, I'm continuing to go back to 
We're 15 games in. And I want to see this offense when Fernando is here. Like, and I'm talking about not just Thursday's game, seeing and if they lose Thursday, oh my gosh, Ben, panic, panic, panic. No, I'm talking about like, let me see this team with Fernando for like a month, at least a couple weeks, see what they're doing, and then let's make some more judgments on this team. Because Nando, it's huge. Nando is a huge part of this team. He's one of the best players in baseball, right? It's like if Harper returned for the Phillies. We would want to, Phillies fans, if we were Phillies fans, we'd say, I want to see this team with Harper, and then we'll make some judgments. Tatis is, is like that. I know this team has a lot of talent, but look at what Tatis is doing in AAA, in, in the minors, man. He is killing it. So, after this break, I'm going to get to what Fernando's doing with AAA El Paso, and I'm going to update on him. I want to tell you about the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. It's Underdog Fantasy. They have great pick'em games and best ball tournaments. In pickup games, just pick higher or lower on two to five players' stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. You can go cross-team, cross-league, and even cross-sport. Best ball revolves around the draft, which is what every fan loves the most about fantasy and it eliminates the hassle of having to manage your roster all season long, resulting in a fun and easy fantasy product. How does it work exactly? You enter a contest where you participate in a snake draft against other users. That lineup that you drafted competes against every other draft in the entire contest. The better the combined performance of your team, the more money you win. After your lineup is all played, Underdog will take the best performing players and automatically set them as your starting lineup. That's it. No waivers, no trades, no worrying about who to start or sit. After you complete your draft, your part is done. Underdog Fantasy offers best ball in a variety of ways, including daily contests, weekly contests, playoff contests, and season-long contests. You can either enter into these and compete against thousands of other entrants for huge prizes, or, if you'd like, you can enter into a private draft with friends and family to compete for a smaller prize pool. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Sign up now by clicking the link in the description or by using the promo code TALKINGFRIERS and you'll double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. So if you deposit $100, you get $100 free. All right, so Tatis update here. Thursday, so th this guy, he he's going bonkers. Thursday, went five for six, drove in eight runs, three home runs that he hit on Thursday. Obviously, he scored three runs. Then he had the off day Friday. Then on Saturday, he went four for five. Three RBIs, two runs scored, two home runs. After Saturday's game, he was hitting 536 with a 1868 OPS, 1868 OPS. And then on Sunday, today, he goes two for five. He hits a home run in his first at bat on the third pitch. Seven home runs total in this rehab assignment. Six. In the last, what, four days? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, and then he had one in Sacramento. Remember that Cade McClure dude said that he was a cheater? He was just butthurt for giving up a bomb to Tatis. Um, 
So after today, he's hitting 515 in this rehab assignment with a 1,802 OPS. I mean, this guy is on fire. So I think when I present those numbers, you can realize why I, why I say, let's wait and see what this offense can do with Fernando Tatis Jr. in the lineup. Let's see. Because this guy, you can impact this lineup a lot. You know, the Padres, some of these games where they get shut out, well, Tatis, maybe it's two home runs in the game, and the Padres win this game. You know, I'm not saying we should be waiting for Tatis to, like, save the team and, you know, be, like, easily the best player in the league and win games like it's the NBA and one player takes over and the team wins. But this guy's a, what, 6-7 war player? You can't, sit, you can't sit here and say that that guy has no impact. You know, he has a huge impact um, on the Padres when he's healthy and he's playing like Fernando. So Thursday cannot come soon, soon enough. When I was watching these games, some of these at-bats, or I was getting some updates on social media about what was happening, I mean, today... I see the tweet. This is not a repeat. You know, this is not something you've already seen. Tatis hit another home run. I'm like, what? This, you're seriously? This happened again? And sure enough, I look, see the video, Oppo Taco. Or I see him pull one like over the El Paso fence, not, not the left field fence, but the fence like on the concourse outside the ballpark. And so, yeah, I, I kind of feel bad for these AAA pitchers. You know, they're trying to improve their numbers, trying to make their big league club. And then an all-star, Fernando, comes in, and he just rakes. And it's like, well, there goes my ERA. There, there goes my scoreless inning streak. There, you know, there goes everything. Uh, so, yeah, Tatis has looked great. There's been some pretty good defensive plays out there in the outfield. So, Tuesday, for anyone that wants to go up to Lake Elsinore, he is expected to be playing for Lake Elsinore on Tuesday. Musgrove played for Lake Elsinore today, obviously, like they hit on earlier in this show. So Tatis, that Tuesday game, I believe he's joining the parties on Monday. He'll probably talk, maybe have some BP, or maybe it's just an off day. And then Tuesday, he'll probably go to Lake Elsinore. That's what the plan is, according to, I think, Kevin Acey said this this morning in his uh, newsletter. Somewhere he said it. Going to Lake Elsinore, going to play there, and then I would guess that he doesn't play Wednesday. That's the last game of his, his suspension. And then Thursday, April 20th in Arizona, is when Tatis will be back and he can return for our San Diego Padres and probably be leading off and playing right field. And I heard someone say at the ballpark today that that game sold out. Maybe it's going to be just all Padres fans that are going because I don't think even the return of Fernando would make Diamondbacks fans all go to the stadium and sell that game, a Thursday night game out. But maybe that's just me. I wouldn't be surprised if it's packed with Padres fans. It's going to be, I would think, because it's not like it's in New York where it's a, it's a long flight away. Maybe some, maybe some will just take Friday off, you know, go to work. Thursday or work online Thursday, Friday and be in Arizona to watch Fernando's return. 
Maybe some are doing that. Maybe some are just taking Thursday and Friday off and having a, a what, four-day weekend. Um, I think some Padres fans are going to do that. So positive updates from Tatis. Felt like he was homering in every at-bat. He went eight at-bats in a row with getting a hit. Ten for 11, I believe, in one of the, these recent stretches as well. Jerry says, if you have the opportunity to visit the ballpark in El Paso, it's one of the very best in minor league baseball. I was watching these games, some of these games that were able to watch. And some of the lights that they had when Tatis went yard and the overhead views, it does look pretty cool. I know El Paso, nothing against people that live there. That doesn't, that's not like a bucket list destination. But for a minor league ballpark, I mean, it did cool some of the stuff around there so i know tatis makes it like tatis could walk into anything and make it look cool uh he could wear anything the margarita uniform he wears that and makes it look cool um but yeah that that ballpark does look pretty cool for a triple a stadium so yeah very positive update there on fernando positive update on musgrove didn't go long, but I guess it was just scheduled to be a five-inning outing, and he pitched so quick that he pitched a six where he kind of got into some trouble, so that contributed to the box score. But seems like everything's good there, and he'll probably be pitching against the Diamondbacks in Arizona. Hopefully it's that Friday game, the 21st, if it's on every fifth day thing. And we'll see if Weathers, this is his last start tomorrow for the Padres against the Braves. Um. He gets to the bullpen. I would assume so. Do they still go with the six man Hugo and Martinez in there, or does Martinez go to the pen a little bit? Maybe he comes back into the rotation at some point later this year because Lugo is probably not going to be in the rotation all year long because he just has not been a starter. He's not used to those starter innings since 2017, and he only made like 18 starts that year. It wasn't like 30. So they're probably going to be careful there with him, and that's probably just a plan. So probably Martinez and Lugo will share time coming up and down from the bullpen, the rotation. Uh, both guys probably be a long man when they're in the bullpen, or if they're only going to work one inning, maybe throw some extra after a game or something. Um, but yeah, so that's something to look at. Five-man rotation, is that what it's going to be when Musgrove comes back, or is it going to be a six-man when Musgrove comes back, I anticipate Chris Mack going down. Or would it be Kinnear? Yeah, no, it would probably be Kinnear. Because oh, they just called him up. Probably Kinnear goes down. And then when Suarez comes back, then Chris Mack? Probably. If they don't want to send Weathers down. Or maybe, they, maybe, maybe when Musgrove comes up, they send Weathers down and don't have him go into the bullpen because they want him to continue being a starter and be built up as a starter in El Paso in case something happens. I think Weathers can help this team at the major league level when the bullpen is a long man, but maybe that's just me. They probably want Weathers getting consistent time, and maybe that's not guaranteed here at the big league level if he were to go to the bullpen. So uh, Vince asks, is Musgrove scheduled to pitch this homestand? No, um, in Arizona. I, I think I've already gotten to these, but... I'm kind of behind on the comments. Any word of Musgrove or Tatis? Will they make any appearance in Lake Elsinore the next couple of days? Uh, Tatis on Tuesday. Musgrove already started today, Pedro. 
Jim is saying he's beginning to rethink the Soto trade. Gore is doing well. Josh Bell was a no-show and is gone now. Luke Voigt looked good. But Voigt, was that a one-year? Maybe the, maybe the Padres had Voigt under contract for this coming season. So or Not this, not 2024, but 2023 this season. But, no, I, I'm not... I'm not even beginning to rethink the Juan Soto trade. Like, if you want to go all out and try to win, it, look, it's a risk. There's a risk in it not working out. It might not work out, but I'd, I'm going to sit here and say I'm, I'm proud that the Padres took that risk and went and got Juan Soto, who is going to be a hall. He's going to be a Hall of Famer, I think. So, you know. I, 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 I'm fine right now with the Padres taking that risk like they did, get three pennant races out of Juan Soto. Yeah, they gave up a lot, but I'd rather take the risk than not take the risk at all, right? Did I think Peter Seidler said that in maybe a spring training press conference or maybe it was after the Manny extension or the Darvish extension, something, some, one of them. There's been a lot of extensions. A lot of good stuff in the offseason, right? He said to the media, there's a risk in doing something, something like this. There's a risk in doing something, like making these moves, big payroll, but there's also a risk in not doing anything at all. If you don't do anything, you risk not, you risk the regret of like, man, we should have went all out and at least tried, right? You know the quote, something like, uh, what is it? I think it was from Wayne Gretzky. Probably tons of people have said this. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So, like, at least try. I'd rather see this Padres team go all out and try these next few years. And if they swing and miss all three years, then, okay, yeah, that sucks. We're going to be disappointed, right? Definitely. But at least they tried. You know, they tried to make themselves the best team possible instead of having... Luke Voigt on the team, having Josh Bell maybe on the team, or Brandon Drury on the team. No, they went out and got Juan freaking Soto. When we got Juan Soto, were you really, really happy about it? If you were, then I think you should still be happy right now. It's still early this season. It's still early in the Juan Soto Padres tenure. It still is. A lot of Soto talking here. Soto for Brian Reynolds. Yeah, that's not happening. Brent says, Tatis hopefully going to light a fire. He looks like he's dying to get back to Major League Baseball, while most of the guys on the 26-man at the moment look like they can't be bothered. Yeah, Crony did mention the other day, I think it was yesterday after the big win, he did mention about the Padres kind of maybe, he, he didn't say flat. Like, he didn't want to say the Padres were playing flat. But it didn't feel like there was a ton of energy. But, you know, when you're not playing well, you're not going to have as much energy as you would if you were playing like the Rays, like before they lost those two games to Toronto and they were winning 13 games in a row, right? They won today, I think, so they're 14-2. and two. That's just the way it is. I mean, you have more energy when you win. When things are going right, you have more energy. That's just the way it is. Uh, Devin, yes, I, I was surprised by the Rays' 13-0 start. It, it doesn't matter what team. It could have been the Astros, could have been the Yankees, 
could have been us. I would have been surprised by the 13-0 and start from any team because winning 13 games in a row is very hard to do for, for any team in Major League Baseball and, or just a team in sports. Winning 13 games in a row, that's pretty hard to do. You know, one thing could go wrong and you lose a game, and that didn't happen for them. And it's not like, I know it was an easy schedule, but still, winning 13 in a row, that's, that's pretty dang hard to do. And they were blowing out those opponents. They were clicking on all cylinders. So the Rays, they're going to be a good team. It seems like they're a good team every year. Uh, Vince asks, not Padres related, but what do you think about Harper at first? I love it. I gave my thoughts on that on one of my baseball struck videos on my MLB YouTube channel. So check that out there so for more of my full thoughts on that. Yeah, Harper, I mean, he's just a team player. He doesn't want to be not contributing. So he went to the manager's office and said, hey, I want to play first base. Let's work on first base. I'll be all in, and that's what he's going to do. He's a team player. He's making $330 million. He doesn't have to do this, but he's that type of guy. He, I feel like that's what Manny would do too. Like Whatever it takes to help the team win, that's what he's going to do. And that's what leaders of these franchises do. Bryce, Manny, those guys, that's, that's what they do. So I was surprised that it happened. I was surprised that this is happening, Bryce to first base, but I'm not surprised because of who is doing it, Bryce Harper. I'm not surprised. It's not someone that's like stuck in his own ways and all that, right? It shows commitment to the Phillies. And that's what Manny has to the Padres, and that's what Crony has to the Padres, you know? And that's what Bogarts has to the Padres. I, I think he'll be able to, he'll be willing to move positions if he realizes that he needs to. He doesn't want to, but in the future, years down the road, when it's probably better for him to move off of short, he'll probably be willing to do that because he's a team guy and wants to win. And then he'll work his butt off at being the best that he can be at another position. So next series that the Padres have here, three games to finish off the homestand. We got the Atlanta Braves coming to town. So tomorrow it's a special night. The 75th anniversary of Johnny Ritchie, I believe, making his debut with the PCL Padres. So they're going to be wearing those PCL unis. So that's going to be cool to see on TV. And for anyone that's going to the game, you're going to see some cool uniforms there. Uh, the Padres, they did wear them when I think Alexi Amarista, Jed Jerko, Kyle Blanks, or maybe it was Quentin. Maybe Blanks was on the team too, but um, I remember pictures, seeing pictures and games of them wearing the jerseys then. So they're bringing those back. So that's cool. Johnny Ritchie obviously was the first player, first person of color to be playing on the West Coast. So he was like the West Coast Jackie Robinson. So um, it's going to be a cool day. I mean, obviously Jackie Robinson Day was on Saturday. They wore those uniforms. And then tomorrow, it's going to be their fifth different uniform in five days. I know they wore the home pinstripes on Thursday. They wore it Saturday, yesterday but they had the 42 on the back, the blue 42. So that's why I say five different uniforms because it wasn't like they were wearing, you know, it wasn't like Cronenworth was wearing nine. He was wearing 42. Everyone was wearing 42 yesterday. So new uniforms tomorrow. So Monday, Max Freed on the mound for the Braves. So it's going to be tough. 
after having a tough performance today, right? T- tough pitcher. Yeah, uh, today, I, I, I was hoping it wasn't going to be, but offense didn't do much. So Max Freed tomorrow against Ryan Weathers. Tuesday, Spencer Strider. So gear up, Padres fans. Max Freed and then Spencer Strider. Blake Snell on the mound on Tuesday night. So might be a long one. And then Wednesday, Charlie Morton. So Padres get the Braves' best three starters that are available. Freed, Strider on Tuesday, Morton on Wednesday. It's a day game. Nick Martinez on the mound for the Padres. And then Thursday, Chase Field, Nando's return. So it's going to be tough. I think most people will probably see the pitching matchups, just baseball fans, baseball people, national baseball guys, and they will say, yeah, Braves probably winning this series. Can the Padres prove those people wrong? We'll see. We'll see. All right. I want to get to some other San Diego sports stuff here to end. If anyone is new to this show, I started doing this. When did I start doing this? Month month ago? A little more than a month ago? Uh, we're at the end. Because I don't have my own, like, San Diego sports radio show. So... I'm using this as my platform to talk about some other San Diego sports that I love uh, after, because this, this core of the show is always going to be Padres. Just is. Uh, but at the end, add some San Diego sports stuff to it when it's needed. And I'm not going to do it every time. There's nothing going on. I'm not going to talk about, talk about another San Diego sport when there's nothing going on. But when stuff's going on, I will. And so today I wanted to hit on the San Diego wave. So yesterday, last night, uh, disappointing. It was a disappointing loss. 1-0 to Lowell Rain. It was the Waves' first road game of the season. I was watching all of it, and Kaylin Sheridan, I want to give her, she had a lot of key saves. She had a couple saves um, off of Megan Rapino. Some really good shot there, good looks, and Sheridan made some diving saves. She looked great. And I think at the end there, it was stoppage time, and there was late goal. I think that she didn't really see who was kicking it. She didn't see the shot go right off. So she was a little late diving to her right, and that's kind of what helped get that goal in for OLRN to give them the win. But still, a tremendous job. The Wave, they had a, a few opportunities, a couple opportunities definitely for Alex Morgan. Um, some passes that slipped through OL Rain defenders and Morgan with her left foot had a chance one-on-one against their goalie, their goalkeeper, and kind of hit it right into the goalkeeper. There wasn't much room in between them, too. So it's not like she had a, a lot of options. But she slammed both of them, and good stops by the goalkeeper with the OL Rain there. Um, I think Jaden Shaw had one opportunity as well that that got saved by their goalkeeper so both 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 goalkeepers were great last night really close match last night for the wave i was hoping they were going to pick up a point and instead of being two and one they'd be two oh and one but they're two and one and now they're going to go face the portland thorns who are the best team in the league they're at the top of the, the standings alongside the Washington Spirit. Both teams, I don't believe, have lost a game. I think both teams have uh, I think both have a draw, 2-0-1. Uh, 
I don't think either have lost a game. So, yeah, um, it's going to be a good game. Portland-San Diego on Wednesday at home, Snapdragon Stadium. Padres play a day game. So for anyone going there, maybe go to the Padres game and then go to the Wave game at night. Have a nice Sango sports day for yourself. Uh, I think it's going to be a pretty good crowd. I, I know it's it's the first week night game of the season, so maybe that'll be tough because it's school night for some kids, but this is one where parents should be like, no, we're going to still go to this match. Uh, you can have a little, you can have a couple hours less of sleep, you know, or, or one fewer hour of sleep. You can be tired in class tomorrow because I don't want you to miss Alex Morgan against Sophia Smith. I don't want you to miss the, you know, the Portland Thorns. It's a great matchup. Becky Sauerbrunn, uh, Sophia Smith, obviously. There's, there's a lot of talent. Those are just two names, obviously. Those are the first two names there that, you know, come to mind on that Portland team. Uh, and then the Wave, they're trying to rebound from their first loss of the year. And uh, it's the first game of the Challenge Cup. For anyone that's new to the NWSL, maybe just picking it up because I'm talking about it on this show. Um, it's it's previous years, the Challenge Cup, it's been a tournament in the preseason to get teams ready. But that's not quite fair to the teams because they're not at like their best like team-wise. The, the connection between teammates, it's not as great as it is probably now. So the Challenge Cup now, it's going to run during the season on Wednesday. I think during, I think it's on Wednesdays in the middle of the week. And so this will run as well right alongside the regular season. And the winner of the Challenge Cup will, I don't know, I forget if it's just the winner. I think it's the four teams that make it to the semifinals. They were split. $1 million of cash money, uh, the prize money. That's that's how much it is. That, I think that's the biggest that it's been in history. So that puts the money on par with the MLS, one of MLS's tournaments, I think in 2020 or 2021. I saw something about that earlier this week. So it's great that there's increased prize money for this because there's extra games in the middle of the season that puts more it, it, it's more taxing to the players. And I think some players welcome it because they're getting ready for the World Cup, so they want more game reps. But it also increases the chances of injuries because you're playing hard, additional matches during the week. That's what, that's what's happening this year. Challenge Cup, that starts on Wednesday, Wave and the Thorn. So a disappointing loss last night for the Wave, but... It was close. I mean, Sheridan had one heck of a match, and Morgan had a couple shot, a good scoring opportunity, but got to give to O'Rain as well. All right. So let's see any more comments. Are there any more comments here at the end before we get out of here? Matt says, I would turn Matt Carpenter for a regular Carpenter. <laughs> okay. At least that guy could work on the fence. Uh, JD's third says, are we putting too much pressure on Tatis when he's, he's returning? He hasn't played in two years. Um, I don't think so, because we're seeing what Tatis is doing in AAA, and I know AAA is not the major leagues. He's going to struggle at some point. 
we saw Tatis in 2021 when he hit over 40 home runs. And by the way, he admitted that he hit over 40 home runs, led the league in home runs in 2021. He was playing with like one arm. He wasn't. He's healthy now. So I think it's it's good. I think it's okay for us to have high expectations. The way that he let the fan base down last year with the suspension, I think we should have high expectations. And he has a lot to earn back. Our trust, um, us believing that he can really help this team. There's, there's, I believe that he can. But there's going to be some fans out there that aren't fans of Tatis right now, and they're gonna, and he's gonna have to earn their trust back or earn their fandom back of him as a player, because some don't, they're, they're just not fans of him because of what he did. And who am I to criticize those fans right now? Hopefully, you know, at the end of the year, if Tatis does everything right, he stays healthy, doesn't make any dumb decisions, hopefully he can uh, earn the trust back of those fans. The fans, they will go back to loving him. I think the majority of the Padres fan base loves Fernando, definitely. But there is there is going to be some that aren't going to be very high on him right now. But I'm high on him. I, I I don't think I'm not in that crowd that isn't a big fan of him right now. I was disappointed at the time, but there's no point in me holding that in still. Like it, it's not going to help Tatis for a bunch of Padres fans to be hating on him. You know, oh, if he struggles out of the stretch, oh, roids, blah blah blah. You know, um, you know he's not taking roids. That's why he's struggling, and right like. I think he's going to get a plenty he's going to get plenty of hate from other fan bases. So, it's only going to help for Padres fans to cheer him on and be his biggest support system. But getting back to the pressure thing, I don't think we're putting too much pressure on him. He's a great player. Pressure is a privilege. I I think that's how we should view it. Uh Vince says not baseball related, but who's winning the finals, NBA finals? Uh, probably not the Warriors this year. Um, probably say like the Suns or Suns or the Celtics. I think Giannis got hurt today, but this is this isn't an NBA show. It's not an NBA town, so I don't want to talk about that too much. All right, Talking Friars episode three eighty four. Thank you everyone for the time. YouTube audience live or on replay. I appreciate the support. Podcast platforms. Anyone listening there, thank you so much for the time. Ben Fan signing off. I'll talk to you all later. See you. Go Padres.